This is Waiting for Seconds, the interview podcast where we meet people and ask them who they are and why they are. I'm Shannon Miller, and I'm here with Malcolm Out... Out... Fuck. Outkelt. That's your full name. Yes, Malcolm Outkelt. I, I mess it up every time, but... It's not Malcolm Outfuck, as you might think. <laughs> as one might think. Um, <laughs> but today, we'll be talking with uh, Carter Reiswig. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey. Hey. Yeah. hey. I'm Austin's friend, uh, Shannon's older brother, and I met him back in college, but... Since then, he's he ran away to Idaho, and I'm down in Tennessee. And ever since then, we've been still keeping up, and gotta love them Miller boys. Enjoy them a lot. Aww. Hey, they're good Miller boys. Aww. Hey, and Stop now we've been all, we've had every Miller boy on the show. We did. Yeah. Last yeah. last episode, we we had Mister Jerm Jerm Jeremiah. Yeah. Jeremiah. And now we have more friends of the Miller boys. Yay! I know, you'll be able to keep branching out. Yeah, right? Now we gotta get your friends, your family. It's like a pyramid scheme. Well. <laughs> um, so, uh, I actually don't know this. Do you have any pets, Carter? I do. He's got Ooh, kitties. I do. He's I got, have... He's got Katie. I have Suki and Gojo. Uh, Suki is a gray and white Manx cat with no tail, and she's three, and Gojo is prob- he's like American long hair, medium hair, he's a black cat with a big fluffy tail. So, uh, you like anime then, I assume? Yes, we specifically (laughs) name our cats after Japanese names. Well, that's fair. I think it's a good naming scheme for cats, pretty consistent. Consistently, we've had Mochi on here before. Who's very cute. Owl. Was it like a white cat or something? Uh huh. Ah. Uh, I just, I just, I think those names are just so adorable. Versus just a normal American name. It's just Jake. I don't know. This is my cat, Jake. <laughs> yeah, the only Jake. Although I do. Sh- <laughs> I do like that now that I say it. A dog named Jake or a cat? I, just, I mean, a dog's even better. I think it's more of a dog game than the cat I agree. Game. I mean, it's Jake the dog and Finn the human, right? Right. That's that's where my mind the went instantly. Never end its adventure time. So, uh, any other? <laughs> are, are you always a cat man? Uh, yes. I was raised up with cats and. Man, I'm so sad. This makes me think about my cat that I had growing up. He was the best I ever had. He's his name was Aslan, and great name. We got him when I was a kid, and he was such a snuggle bug. He just wanted to be in your lap all Dang. the time. And um, we had him, and then we had another cat named Maggie, who one of our cousins was moving out to Arizona, and we took her off her hands because she couldn't bring her. Um, but then later on, we ended up getting a dog. Yeah. Which... So we kind of had a mix, for sure, towards right before I ended up moving out to go to college was dogs and cats. 
But I'm still very much in the cat camp, for sure. Definitely prefer them. I would love to get a cat, but I am sadly allergic. Oh no, there is... Welcome I to mean, the there's, club! Like, there's drugs, for sure. There's drugs, but also there are hypoallergenic cats as oh, well. Oh yeah, but I, I don't know. I so don't... The appeal of a cat is the fluff. The, I don't the believe... part that you shouldn't stick your face in when you have the allergy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That part. That's the part I want to stick my face in. Yeah, which you probably shouldn't. <laughs> I guess the best thing for me in, in your scenario too, and this is applies to you know if you want a dog but you don't have one, is you just need to have friends that have the pets you want. That way, you don't actually have to take care of them yourself. Yeah. You can just come over, enjoy them. And not have to worry about the ugly side of it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good point. I just got to get people around who I can uh, I can pet their cats and just move. Then go home and suffer. Just move yeah, and just have endless Idaho. tears and snot. Oh yeah, I'll just face. move to Idaho. <sighs> yeah, and just come hang and out. I can with pre- me. Presley and Regis. Regis. Oh my goodness. They're great. And Regis, ironically, looks so much like Gojo for reference. <laughs> That's Satoru Gojo, right? Yeah, it's from, that, uh... it's from Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah. Suki was... I don't know if we necessarily were thinking about the Avatar character named Suki. I think we were just straight up just, just trying to find a like a female Japanese name that kind of fit her, and that's what we went through. Went with. Is, yeah. a, is anime a formative... I mean, maybe anime... Are there any media things that you've watched that have been formative life experiences to you? Formative life experiences. So, like, I might say that Avatar The Last Airbender was pretty formative for me. Um, I would probably say the anime called Overlord, because I initially watched it in college with Austin and Jesse and James as well. And we all loved it. And now mm. it's out to like season what five now? Five, I wanna say. And I and because I love that anime so much and because I had that associated memories with my friends, I even went out and got the light novels, which I only have up to thirteen. I need to buy the last couple. I think it's only going out to eighteen total, but only up to sixteen is out. So definitely going to support the the author by buying those because that's really how they get mm-hmm. sales. They don't really get much profit from you watching anime online, even if it fr- is from a legal website. They get it from the selling the DVDs and the light novels. Yeah. The pay-per-view stuff is not amazing for the creator. Oh, I'm sure it's barely any revenue for them. They just, I don't know if it's like a one-time deal they cut or if it's per view, but I doubt it. It must be only like a couple cents. I don't know mm-hmm. how that works. Probably. Well, uh, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, am I remembering correctly, you grew up in Montana? I grew up in North Carolina, actually. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Tell me more. The opposite of the country. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. The opposite no, of I, Montana. Quite opposite. Yeah, I was born in North Carolina um, in Basically Asheville, although I was born in Hendersonville, which is just 30 minutes south of it, which is on the western part of the state, and lots of mountains and trees. The Appalachians? 
it's so beautiful out there. And that's that's why when I eventually graduated high school and I went out to Lincoln, Nebraska to go to college, I was quite disappointed by the lack of trees and mountains to look at. It's just very depressing outside when you just have rolling hills, some fields, and just not a whole lot out there to go and see. Yeah, for sure. So that's ultimately why I definitely didn't stay in that state, for sure. So I ended up just moving back to just a state away in Tennessee, which has pretty much all the flora and fauna that I missed in the mountains, most most importantly. I just... I, I, can't, I couldn't that. stay away from them. They're just too nice to look at. I, you know, I can agree as a Rockies boy. Right, because you're fucking love the mountains. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm in Colorado. Mountains are beautiful. I didn't really know that uh, Tennessee had much mountains. Well, we're I'm on um, I'm on the eastern part of the state, which is still the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah, I guess the Appalachians do go there, huh? It's on you know both sides. What, it's on western North Carolina and <laughs> eastern Tennessee. It's the same mountain range. Yeah. So, absolutely beautiful down here, for sure. We get lots of rain. It's mm. almost considered, like, America's version of a tropical forest, or I don't know if it's... I don't know what the special term is, but basically, we get a lot of rain. <laughs> <laughs> I never... Th- when I hear Tennessee in my mind, I never think big mountains and a lot of trees. I don't know why. Maybe it's because Nashville? Does yeah. Nashville have, like, this more desert Uh, no. Well, <laughs> okay. I don't think because chicken. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm based out of Chattanooga, right? And that's kind of in the southeastern corner of the state, essentially, on the border with Georgia. Oh, okay. And that's, I mean, east of Chattanooga... And probably more east of Cleveland is the actual Appalachian Mountains and Cherokee National Forest. Um, as far as the rest of the state, though, I think it's it does kind of peter out to being flat sometimes in certain areas. But there's like, you know, hills and mountains here and there, but only the big ones are on the eastern side of the state for sure. I myself, have, I don't think I've ever driven all the way through Memphis or anything. I don't know if I have through my road trips. I usually would end up cutting up through Nashville, if anything. I wouldn't go all the way out to Memphis. You do a lot of road trips? I did when I was living out in Nebraska, when I drove home for uh, Christmas breaks, or when our friend James... Yeah, I would would, uh, drive all the way back to North Carolina. That was not a fun drive. Um, I imagine. No. And then one time, this is me being very stupid, I, uh, my friend James, was he got married in Missouri, and me and Austin were in the wedding. We were the groomsmen. So I drove all the way to Montana, picked him up, and we drove all the way back to Missouri. <laughs> oh, God. That was, and I did oh. that, and I went drove <laughs> to Montana. That was by myself. I, I did it straight, like an idiot. That's, I, a, that's like a 23, 24-hour drive. Oh, no, 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 no. It, it's not that long. It was like, uh, I mean, you could look it up, but it was like, what, 16, 17, 18 hours? Something like that. Because it's from Lincoln to, uh, it's blanking Missoula. my mind. Missoula. Yeah, yeah, Missoula. But that was wild. 
That trip was wild, and I think me and him really bonded over that trip. Although we really wanted to strangle each other by the end. Like, we love each other, (laughs) but it's like, dang, I want to get out of this car. Did you do the same thing back? Did you go up to Montana and then back down? Well, let's see. What happened on the way back? Because obviously we drove back to Lincoln. I don't... Austin didn't fly. I'm pretty sure you drove him back. Did I drive him back? No. Maybe. Are you insane? Man. Maybe he did fly back on the way back. I don't remember. I just know the trip there. Or I just really can't remember, actually. I'd have to ask him. Oh. But anyways, yeah. Don't, I mean, don't that, do that 18 hour drive mm-hmm. takes a toll on you. It does. Because we, we like crashed in Lincoln for a couple hours, I think. And then we kept going. Like, we took a nap at my house, at my apartment, <laughs> and then we literally just kept going, and it was ridiculous. That's crazy. I don't know how I didn't, like, fall asleep or wreck. It was... Do, do you like to travel a lot, though? Like, even road trips? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just wish I could afford it more <laughs> than I do. Expensive. Yeah. It is. It is. Whether it's plane tickets or gas or really the hard thing is missing work, missing that paycheck is the worst part. But now for one of my uh, wife's birthdays, we went out to Portland and met up with Jesse and some other friends. Well, Austin was there, too. And uh, we all explored the city and it was fun hanging out with everyone. Got to see the coast as well. But yeah, I love traveling. I just don't get to do it a ton. I definitely did my most driving and traveling while I was in college, for sure. Right, because, I mean, it's just the college life, I I guess. Not that I went to college. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't... There's no way I could really afford a plane ticket back and forth. I think I flew, like, maybe once or twice, but I think most of the time I just drove. Do you think do you think it's important to to go out and explore? Oh yeah. I I mean that's part of the reason why I chose Lincoln, Nebraska when I when I graduated high school because I wanted to get out of my home state as beautiful as it was. I wanted to spread my rings and just kind of no offense to anyone I knew or my family, I just wanted to go explore the world and see a different part of the country that I've never been in. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, I did have some family in Lincoln Had my dad's grandparents there. So it's not like I knew no one going to Lincoln, but I definitely wanted to just be somewhere else for a while. And then also that's part of the reason why when I did move back down south, I moved to Tennessee where I was still somewhere new, but a lot shorter drive away. Yeah, close enough to family, but. They're not beating down my door every weekend. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Because the drive from Chattanooga to Asheville is like eh, three and a half hours or something like that. Oh, that's not bad. Sucks, but it's it's not bad. It's you know it's definitely doable for holidays and stuff if we're able to go. You can make a day of it and have a nice holiday, have a nice Christmas. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. Now, if you if you had the money, would you? Where would you travel to? Either the Netherlands or Japan. Oh hell yeah! Why I, why the, why there specifically? There specifically, well, 
I mean, I'm a weeb, so. And I love. <laughs> Do I have to explain that one? But also, I mean, honestly, though, the reason why Netherlands and Japan are connected is because of their train systems and their high-speed rail. Mm-hmm. I am obsessed with high-speed rail, and God, I love a train, man. It's right. just, it's just better way of traveling, mm-hmm. way less stress than trying to fly or drive, and it's also helpful for any elderly people that don't have their licenses anymore if they're alone it's just way better it's and also it's less, uh at least in my experience a lot safer than buses yeah yeah i just i think especially in america there's just this like sketchy connotation with greyhound buses or buses just uh-huh. being sketchy and it's unfortunate but it's also kind of the fault of the government for not trying to subsidize trains as mm-hmm. much and they just dump all of it into the airlines and the auto industry so yeah and they're sorry i i try not to get too much into politics but this is a thing i'm very <laughs> very strongly opinionated on i despise the auto industry oh yeah I just oh. can't stand what we've done to our country with cars and parking lots and uh, disgusting do you do you watch not just bikes per chance? Yes, I do. I am very pleased to hear that. Do you also watch <laughs> Climate Town? Um, sometimes Climate Town pops up in my recommended a lot, but I'm not actually subscribed. I don't think you should definitely check out those videos because he has videos about parking lots. One of his most recent one was about parking lots and how. Yes, I did see that one. It was a okay. very good video. They they each have um a video that basically host the other person both Mm. are excellent channels to find out about (laughs) basically why america ruined any chance of high-speed rail being already (laughs) built by now Uh and informs you a lot more about the climate and all the sketchy things going on essentially and really it boils down to this is that lobbying is allowed here and big oil and the automotive industry just lobbies for all these government grants and subsidies. And they definitely make concerted efforts to block any kind of train expansion or anything like that. In fact, there's an example of where they literally bought out a trolley or tram service and just simply ripped out the rails and shut it down after they bought it. Why? Because they wanted room for more lanes. One more lane, bro. Just one more lane. Just one more lane and it'll be better, I swear. So if there's one thing anyone listening to this comes away with, please check out Not Just Bikes and Climate Town. And you'll be a lot more informed citizen. Not Just Bikes and Climate Town. I'm gonna, You know what? I'm going to link it. Why not? Hey, link it. I'll link it. Link it. He, um... The guy, not just bikes, who his last name is Slaughter, which is pretty metal as well. Um, <laughs> he metal. was a Canadian living, obviously in Canada. But as you probably could figure out, Canada and the U.S. share a lot of similarities with their car dependence and how they zone things mm. with their zoning laws and lack of bike lanes or protected bike lanes. I really should point out there. But um, 
he got sick of it, so he moved. I mean, he's traveled all over the world, but he eventually settled on the Netherlands because of how well their train system is and how bikeable it is. Like, they have probably the best bikeable areas, if not in the world. Do you bike a lot? When I was a kid, I don't have a bike anymore. And actually, it's a real shame because technically I probably could bike to work. But guess what? There is no bike lane on the road to my work. It's practically a straight shot, too. But there's a lot of hills, so I definitely would have to have an e-bike to do that. And me not getting run over. I would have to avoid that, yeah. too. It's just really sad, especially in Chattanooga, because you'll have like a bike lane going down one street, and then it'll just randomly end, and it won't carry on to the next. It's so limited here. It's, and obviously, there's no trains either, which is really right. disappointing. And you can't just, like, use sidewalks for... Well, that's the thing, is, like, there's a sidewalk not even all the way to my house. It just ends, and you're just forced to walk in the grass. Even though there still are bus stops dotted all along that road, the sidewalk doesn't continue. It's just ridiculous that you can have two lanes of car traffic, Uh but not even a continuous sidewalk, and not Hmm. even a bike lane. It's just, yeah. Yeah, well, two empty lanes of car traffic and a sidewalk. And no sidewalk. Like, it's, 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 yeah. It It gets me going. So I'm glad that you know about those two channels, uh, Malcolm. So that makes me really happy. (laughs) That's definitely what they call is orange pilled, because that's what they call people who are followers of not just like. Oh, hell yeah. This makes a lot more sense for both of you. In my brain, more Malcolm than than Carter, but did I hate cars? Oh, previous conversation. Well, it makes no. It just makes sense because I've talked with Malcolm about like driver's license and like getting a car and such. But I I know you have your license, but mm-hmm. you just don't want to get a car, which honestly it's makes expensive. a lot more sense now. They're really expensive, and it sucks. It's yeah. And, like, they pour all this money into building one more lane, and the roads are still pretty much crappy almost everywhere. Mm. And there's purposely not any alternatives to get around because of also the zoning laws and the minimum parking requirements. So everything is such huge sprawl in all American cities. Nothing's walkable or hardly bikeable, depending on what city you live in. So... It's very frustrating, especially if you like you're not in a uh, as well as a financial position, like, and you can't afford mm-hmm. to do that. You're just kind of screwed. Yeah, economy just kind of generally sucks right now. Yeah, for sure. But you do want to travel. You you oh, want to go to Norway and all. Not Norway, Netherlands and Japan. I mean, that's the beauty of it, though. Once you're in the EU, they have train systems uh-huh. connecting the whole entire European continent. Cities, yeah. So you can go anywhere. Yeah. And once you get in one place, you're good. You don't have to, like, stop at each border, necessarily, I don't think, but... I wouldn't be surprised if you have to stop and check a couple of things. But Maybe, but it's pretty, it's much like... Much less intensive. It's way easy to, it's really easy to travel for sure if you're mm-hmm. using those systems. Oh, I'd love to explore Europe. 
I was jealous because my my wife she was in school in Spain for a year. <gasps> That's oh, Spanish. Wow. And for one of her Christmas breaks, she got to travel around Europe by car. Unfortunately, because that is knew a friend, but still, she got to explore Europe. And I was just man, I still want to do that so bad because I never got to. The only time I've been out of the country is a mission trip to Bermuda. Just you oh, know, no off sh- the coast of Florida, so that's that's the only time I've been out of the country, and technically the Canadian side of Niagara Falls when I was a baby. But you know, like yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Nobody ever counts babies. Babies don't count. They don't pay taxes. They don't pay taxes. They don't have to pay for an extra plane seat. That's true. That's true. They should pay taxes, though. That's that's of course a, they that's should. that's a story for a different time. <laughs> oh, they get taxed via their parents of how expensive that all the baby products are. It's yeah, ridiculous. but they don't pay it. Their parents they don't, do. but their parents do. So expensive trying to raise a kid for sure. <laughs> I need my I need my kid to to pay his his taxes. Oh, so you have stuff. a kid now, huh? No, maybe. <laughs> Come on, Jen. You didn't tell us this. I'll t- you would you would be one of the first people to know, Malcolm. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Never... I feel like I was skipping a couple steps. I last <laughs> knew about you. <laughs> Shannon was suddenly like, yeah, I'm a father. I'm like, whoa. Uh, so, so what happened? <laughs> so anyways, uh, growing up in North Carolina, uh, how did how did that really affect you? Because it sounds like uh, going to college in Nebraska affected you in like, the ways of like traveling, how you want to uh, grow your relationships, but what did sure. what did North Carolina do for you? What did North Carolina ever do for me? <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> um, they still bother me to go vote for their politicians, even though I don't even live there anymore. Nah, I think. It was a launching pad for sure. I'm thankful that I wasn't born any further south. That's for sure. And when I was out in Lincoln, Nebraska, that's where I met my future wife at the time. And she's from North Dakota. And she definitely didn't want anything to do with North Dakota because it's snowy and miserable and and sad. (laughs) Well, especially after she spent a year in Spain, like, yeah, oh yeah, of course she. I couldn't. She didn't want to move back oh, there. No. It's like no, screw that. That's especially why we chose somewhere down south like Tennessee. But going back to your question, North Carolina, it is a place where I grew up, and I had lots of memories. I uh, there's a couple good family friends that I we've had throughout the years, and I think. I kick myself the most for not going up in the parkway and up in the mountains as much as I should have. I think I really took it for granted at the time. Just not getting out outside. It's like, ah, I'm too sleepy, you know, on the weekend or whatever. You oh, just yeah. don't want to go out. But you it's gotta like, watch your cartoons. It's almost always worth it. Once you're out there, you're like, wow, I'm glad I went out. Hmm. You just, to get those views, to be outside... It's just, it really helps reset you and makes yourself more in tune with nature and yourself in a way. Because you are often, or hopefully not, on your phone or paying attention to social media. You're just 
connecting with nature. And I think that's pretty important for anyone to do. Do you go out hiking now? When it's not blazing hot. (laughs) It's been so hot in Tennessee. So I haven't gone hiking in a while. I mean, probably not since spring, just because the summer's been a hot one. And it's like with here, it's like if it's not hot, it's pouring down rain. So we're, my wife and I are definitely waiting for it to cool down a little bit before we go out because it's still like, you know, high 80s, 90s, and you will not catch me outside trying to hike in that. No, I, I've i basically been inside this past week because it's been three digits. It's been miserable. Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to think of, you know, outdoor activities. But I guess technically, you know, if it's nice enough, you could go like paddle boarding or kayaking or something. But we'd have to rent one. We don't own one. But it's just, uh, I want to wait for it to cool down a little bit before even doing water sports like that. Hmm. Not to brag, but I'm absolutely going to brag. It's been the coolest summer I've ever remembered in Colorado. Get out of here! Of the... <laughs> <laughs> Is it because of the altitude, do you think? I have no clue, but like... Well, usually you're just it's lucky? so hot in Colorado. I think we might just be lucky. I think it might just be climate change, and this it year we is... happen to get it good. Right? Because it definitely has been hot in years past, right? Uh-huh. It's been um. hotter and hotter, and... So it's just, just a cool. fluke year. Yeah, count your blessings. You know, I'm going to hope it's not a fluke here, but. Yeah, knock on wood. Uh, Yeah. It's not over yet. Yeah, I was seeing this joke online where it's like, because everyone's, you know, talking about these record heat temperatures that we've been having this summer. And it's like, this is the hottest summer of my life. And it's like, no, this is the hottest summer so far. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, this will be the coldest summer. Coldest summer of your life so far. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you're a half glass full kind of guy. Oh yeah. You're being optimistic, which is a great transition to the next question. Ah. (laughs) Uh, What do you tend to be? Uh, Carter, a optimist or a pessimist? Pessimist, for sure. Definitely sounded like you're a half glass half full kind of kind of guy, but I think the, it's I say pessimist because I mean it's such a black and white question, and everyone's like, "No, is. I'm a realist." Ho ho! It's like, you know, it's, <laughs> but that's just kind of life. You get the good with the bad, and then sometimes you just get this in between. <clears throat> you know and you just have to make of it the cards you get dealt and yeah sometimes you get great hands and other times you gotta fold do stuff you don't want to or so an example is there was a while this summer that we were seriously trying to move out west actually Um, oh move out to portland actually but you know, we just kept hearing bad things happening there, and we have friends living there who are actively moving out there or out of there because they're like, "No, it's gotten too bad. You really don't want to be here." Mm. And in combination with everything we're hearing, it kind of was just a lot of doors closing in our minds. So we ended up deciding to stay down here a little longer and kind of reassess what we want to do. So I was definitely like, it sucks because I did want to move out there and 
be closer to, I mean, by all you guys by default, I suppose, and Austin and be out yeah. there. But, um, you know, it, it's not like I knew no one in Tennessee. Like I, as I stay here, I keep making more and more connections with people. And, you know, when you look around yourself, sometimes you have more connections than you realize and you just need to kind of open them up and use them and say hi. So ever since we, we, we've been moved down the road and uh, signed a year lease. So we're definitely locked in here and I don't regret it. I think it was, you know, if we weren't a hundred percent committed to it, then it's stupid trying to move, especially across the country. Like if that's already a logistical nightmare, you have to do it at the right time. And yeah. And we just weren't saving up money and hearing all these bad things. And we're like, well, then what? And definitely just pulling back, reassessing. And for now, enjoying our time here in the meantime, because we've got a lot of people that we love and care about. And it's yeah. been great still being here with these friends and this community that we're slowly building down here. Cause that's, that's the thing is when we first moved down here, neither of us really, at least for me, I didn't really have friends down here for the first couple of years. It took a minute to actually start building them up. And then I literally, it's the guy that was literally my wedding, Chris Barker. He, um, I met him at work cause I trained him. But he's like, um, but he then was moved to another location at the time. But then me and him just kept texting and eventually it just blossomed to the full blown friendship and where he was in my wedding. Hmm. So he's been a major influence in my life. So I'm definitely like not crying that I can't move because I got plenty of people that I love to hang out here. So. I mean, that's 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 really good i mean you're look uh you're looking at life at face value and and yeah yeah you're not you're not trying to uh force a hand let like as you were saying you're not trying to force something to happen you look at your cards and you just kind of i know you said pessimism but you you're looking at it really realistically it's true, but just with today's world, it's 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 hard not to be bleak, especially when you're looking at climate change and everything. It's just and just the way things are going and politics and just the really climate. Hard to, really and, hard to care about the world when it feels like it's all kind of gone to shit. Yeah, and none of the previous generations seemed to care about the future or what future generations were going to do with themselves. So. That's why I say pessimistic right off the bat, but no, I mean that makes sense. Generally, you you are gonna choose one or the other, and then there is that gray area that technically everybody falls under. But right, but you can't be optimistic all the time, and you certainly can't be pessimistic all the time. Certain opportunities come. And doors open, and then you either walk through them or you close them. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, in actuality, I'm very much in the middle. But I think if you really had to just say pick one, it's definitely pessimistic. Just because, <laughs> as the saying goes, is you'd rather be not getting your hopes up and be disappointed versus getting your hopes up and getting crushed. You know? 
Yeah. Just be, ple- just be pleasantly pleased whenever good things do happen. And I'm I'm happy to a... expect the worst and be surprised. Exactly. What is you? What is it? You plan for the worst, hope for the best. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, a uh, follow up to that that maybe is a little bit less uh is less world modern world and more philosophic. Uh, do you believe that people are innately good or bad or perhaps neither or other? I guess is also an answer. <laughs> I think that are you talking? Are you referring to human nature, or are you just saying people? Uh, human nature is human nature to be good or bad. Uh, it could also be unrelated to human nature, and just that people are. Uh, like divinely good. Like when you when you look at people, what kind of what do you expect of them? Do you expect them to do bad things or do good things? Just in your opinion, or 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 neither. Hmm. I think I. I think just because of my religious background, it's something that I have. It's been instilled in me, and that I still kind of believe is that we are left with the power of choice. Hmm. And that ultimately, you know, it's great if people do good, but they definitely have the capacity and the choice to choose to do bad, either or. So I don't really view humans necessarily as good or bad. I view them as endless opportunities and endless possibilities of what they can choose to do or say or think or act. So now often in this terrible cruel world, you everyone focuses on the negatives and the terrible things people are doing, but just as there's that going on, there's other people who are doing a lot of good in this world and it's just people choosing what they want to do and how they want to present themselves. So I think it just boils down to it's kind of neither, but it's kind of both. I think that's my answer. I like that. Weirdly enough, I mean, it's it's the endless possibilities of choices that you're not you're not making the presumption. Uh, you're not you're not assuming what people are gonna do, mm-hmm. which is very non-judgmental, and I that I like that. That's of course, you know. It's, uh, I think, just a basic level of respect. Yeah. Is nice to have. And, you know, you can build your opinion about someone later on after you hear them <laughs> speak. You know, don't just base it off what they look like or mm-hmm. how they're presenting themselves or. You just have to see what choices they make and what are they choosing to do in their lives and what are you doing in your life and whether that is going to vibe or not. And if it doesn't, oh, well, guess what? There's a couple other billion people you can try to vibe it out with. <laughs> so <laughs> it is what it is. So uh, hearing your answer, it, it it almost feels more personal, like a let's uh, for example, it's uh, like a one-on-one situation. When you're first meeting a person, you're kind of 
this is your opinion of it. But sure. what what would be your opinion for society as a whole? Do you think society may be innately bad or innately good? Or does your answer just not change? I think it's still I think it still can boil down to choice and that's society will often do what it thinks is best for itself and sometimes that leads to unintended consequences for others within their society or other societies so in the end everyone's looking out for themselves right for the most part and so they'll make choices that will help their survival or help their platform agenda the you know family their friends Mm -hmm. sometimes that results in good things for everyone sometimes it doesn't um so i think just society as a whole it it it, i think it honestly means well but ultimately i think it really ends up devolving into just little clicks And which is, you know, understandable due to how complex we all are and all of our languages and all our cultural groups. It's easy to kind of fall into that. But I think it's important to branch out and view things from kind of a third person point of view and realize that, you know, everyone has a choice to do or say things and i think everyone has the capacity to make good choices just as Mm. they do with bad choices and as much as me and malcolm were saying how it's pretty bleak right now with the climate and just politics being stupid crazy and all that i it really just is a series of events that build upon each other and it's, it's a series of choices that build upon each other to where we are now so I, it's a very muddled gray answer, basically. Human nature is ultimately about choice, and to say that they are innately one or the other is to ignore their will in it. Yeah, or their capacity to have a will. Mm-hmm. You can't just put people into boxes. That's fair. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like it because... You're you're almost looking at society as uh, you're not directly gonna look at the intentions. These are just the results. These are either it's a it's a good consequence or it's a bad consequence. Yeah, yeah. So no matter what the the intentions were, the the result is what is what more. You have to live with. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's simple. And you're looking at it like you said earlier at face value. This is the hand that society is dealt. And this is what you're kind of expecting. But yeah, the beauty it, of it is that say there is bad consequences and it does affect society negatively. The fact remains is that you can still keep making choices and people around you can still make choices to help mend that 
mend that wrong and start going back on the right path. Hmm. And I think an example of that to bring it all the way back to high-speed rail is the fact that there's a California high-speed rail project going on, is that we're finally, despite all the lobbying groups trying to, from the airlines and the automotive industry, trying to prevent this, we're slowly trying to build this alternative form of transportation that will be a great help to a lot of people, that can be sustainable and based on renewable energy, and that it's undoing these choices that that the American society has built itself upon so far it's slowly unraveling and going a different direction in some ways so there's always a capacity to change and there's always the capacity that the next generation is going to go down a different path than you think they are or they that they were going to go no matter how you try to teach or tell them how things are or what's best for them People got to decide for themselves, and sometimes that manifests itself in voting or these new projects going on or people kind of waking up and realizing, hey, this thing, this isn't right. We need to choose differently. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to ask one one more question, just more personal to you. Um, oh, sure. Are you? You were saying earlier that you are uh, something about your religious background. Tell us more about like your your religious walk. Or, I, from what I know of you, you are Christian, but I don't know what that looks like for you. Oh sure, yeah. Um, I was born and raised uh, Seventh Day Adventist, and which. If you want to boil it down, they based on the Bible, and they use teachings of Ellen White to supplement, but the Bible is still above all. And I think the main thing that people will know is they're called Seventh-day Adventists, so they believe that Saturday is the holy day. Based on that, in the Ten Commandments, what that says, they follow that. But as I grew up, and especially as I, I think more when I graduated or when I graduated high school and moved out, we went into out in the world, <laughs> and I t- I started to just go to churches probably a lot less, especially after I left college because they had the forced worship services that you had to go to, but which I never agreed with is. Because I went to a Seventh-day Adventist college as well, and, you know, they had their worship credit system. But it's like, when you force people to be at these religious events, that's that makes for a captive audience. And they're not going to be as receptive when they're forced to be there. They're just going to be on their phones the whole time, ignoring it. But It takes, it takes away from, the, like, the true meaning of, of these events. Right. So... And then as I as I we moved down here, we never really found a church necessarily that we vibed with. And so we kind of stopped going to church altogether. But it's not like my wife and I suddenly don't believe. Hmm. We just simply have stopped being churchgoers. And 
I think that there is other ways to still connect as far as like there's still online churches and services, which I was recently recommended by a friend, a certain church down in Florida, bless them for trying to still <laughs> survive down there. But I think that's a it's a good alternative is like if you aren't feeling a physical church, you can still be a part of an online church if you choose to do so. And I think that's important is that that choice of whether you want to participate in that community or not, and it's not forced. So in a lot of ways, yes, I, I have a lot of quote-unquote Seventh-day Adventist beliefs, but am I going to church every Saturday? No. In fact, I have, I have work on Saturday, so <laughs> I couldn't even go unless I theoretically went to first service. But that's just something that I have not really been interested in doing. Are there any beliefs or ideas that really were that were taught to you that you really do hold strongly still? It I think that would be too hard to explain. I think it's <laughs> I think overall it's just helped shape me who I am, perhaps, yeah. and shaped my character, knowing that you have that background and that you, if you, you know, subscribe to the belief of the second coming, you know and believe that that eventually will happen. But I think it's, it's, all those beliefs have wrapped themselves and woven themselves into my person and who I am that I just don't know if I can necessarily pick out one and say, yes, that specifically makes me who I am. I just think it subtly influences my choices sometimes and what I do sometimes. Yeah. For That's example, fun. I suppose, is um, the vegetarian diet. That's a huge thing for them, usually. And that's something that I obviously was born and raised with that I mainly keep doing even today. I've dabbled with meats, but I could easily live without it. And I'm honestly just a super picky meat eater. <laughs> it has The texture has to be like a fake meat or something if I really want to like it. Huh. But I think there's just, there's a good health message that you can definitely follow. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about munching on locusts and honey, but that stuff is probably good for you. I'm just not keen to do the locust part. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think there's a lot that you can pull out of, say, the Bible or certain religious societies that you can benefit from. But I think it's it boils down to really your personal relationship with God. And that's really what's most important. Not punching the ticket and going to church every week. It's what's what's between you and the 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 big guy upstairs, you know? I think that's what really matters the most. I think that's is. something we've heard a couple of times now is like a lot of people's relationship with God is very personal. I think so. And I think that sometimes 
people just connect better with God on themselves with by themselves or out uh-huh. in nature or with a smaller group and sometimes the church setting is just not right for them and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you think it's important for people to have a uh to have a spiritual walk no matter what like the religion even if you're agnostic or atheist? Mm. Well, does that seem counterintuitive? Or it's like I think that regardless of what you believe, believe whatever you you will, but hold on to hold on to the beliefs that you truly can resonate with, and I, it gives you purpose. Ultimately. Mm. Mm religion or the lack of gives you purpose and it i think it forms people's identities and their natures based and their personalities based out of it because it off it it obviously influences your day-to-day life and your choices for example i know i keep that's that's the theme for me is choices for this (laughs) but i think it's who you are what you believe in or maybe what you don't believe in obviously has a huge effect on your life. But believing in a higher calling or a higher power I think is a good brain exercise at the very least if you don't even really want to go that direction. I think it just gives your brain to munch on something and it's it's a deeper topic and so I think it's it's good to kind of consider those possibilities. I mean, we could just be an alien's experiment that's up on a shelf, but and you certainly can believe that, but it's not what I believe in, but I think that it can be just enriching and fulfilling no matter what you do believe. It'll really help shape you who you are just having those those values yes yeah that is that is a huge theme you're talking about choice hey yeah, the choice episode and the train episode it's it's oh, what yeah. it boils down to it, well, trains you know? and choices <laughs> trains and choices but no you you are right i mean everything boils down to to your choice i mean yes you can be influenced but still like you were saying it all boils down to choice yeah and i think that's the greatest gift that god has or at least what i believe is that god has given us is that we have the power of choice he's not forcing us to believe in him or go to church every week or whatever (laughs) he's giving us the choice to even believe in him, to even subscribe to his teachings and beliefs that you find in the Bible. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of like that type of love where you have to let go. And mm-hmm. if they fly back, you know, that's their choice. And I think that makes the bond even deeper if you still choose to come back, despite all the different choices that you could make or choose to do. Wow. Yeah. 
I think that makes a lot of sense. I couldn't have said it better. Uh, And I think that's uh, about all we have for you. Uh, Yeah. Thank you, Carter. Yeah. Yeah, It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. I didn't know how it was going to go, but I had a good time. It was good chatting with you guys. I, I'm I'm also just really glad that you did this on such short notice. What did I ask you yesterday? It was like <laughs> what, one a.m. last night, and I like yeah. at my phone. Like, I was like, "Hey, nah, I am not gonna answer him till the morning." <laughs> <laughs> but he can wait. I was like, "He better not be talking about tonight." <laughs> so uh, I'll be like, it out right now. I need it right now. I need it right now. So there I be I some compensation involved if it was right now. <laughs> I'll, fly down to, I'll fly down to Chattanooga and give you some compensation. I <laughs> would love to just see your face. That would be lovely. We have That'd a spare be... bedroom now. so That would be oh. fun. You can definitely come visit. Or come with Austin next time he Ooh. comes down yeah. here, which he should. Him I know Kaylee I... does have a uh, cousin out here, but... Yeah, I think so. Or an uncle, I don't know. If you can, it would be great to have any anyone out of any of our friend circles come visit us, because now we have a second bedroom, so we can definitely have people stay if they need to. Hmm. Um, well, thank you to Nadia Diaz for our podcast cover art. Her Instagram is arthead-creations. Uh, no spaces, no capitals. That's at arthead-creations on Instagram. Go check her out. She does amazing work. Go message her about getting some artwork done for you. She She's so down. Um, and thank you to Jensen Crawl who made our intro and outro for the podcast. And go check out his demo, uh, Knocking on Doors, for his musical Tea Time. You can check that out on Spotify, iTunes, or any of the fun music places. Um, that's going to be in the description. And then send us some questions. We want to hear from you. Maybe we'll ask like the next guests. I think next episode will actually be with Malcolm and I. So send us some questions. Uh, the email is waiting the number four seconds at gmail.com. Yes. Mal- Malcolm Malcolm wants your questions. I do. He demands it. He I craves do it. Terrible things with them, I swear. I'm going to be honest, I don't think we've gotten any emails. <laughs> but that's why we're doing this. Send them in. Yeah. Um, but thank you again, Carter, for coming and hanging out with us. It was my uh, pleasure. I, I I really appreciate it, and I learned a lot more about you than I expected to know. So I'm um, glad that you chose to invite me. Oh. oh. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Onless Jed. Onless Jed.